If God is first in your life, then everything else will come in order. Uh, yesterday, I took my son, who's in junior high, to go see The Joker. Not the movie, but the new ride at Six Flags. <laughs> Some of you are already judging me. <laughs> uh, I hadn't been to Six Flags in three years. My son is a season ticket holder, and he asked me, he goes, Dad, I want you to ride the brand new ride. It's my favorite ride of any park we've ever gone to. So I said, okay, we can go spend a couple hours at Six Flags. He had a buddy pass. And so we show up, and we went through the gates, and I saw the, the rattler to the right. And I said, Bryce, we got to ride the rattler. He said, no, Dad, let's go straight to the Joker. And uh, so I said, okay. So we went near the back of the park, and, and he said, are you nervous about riding it? I said, no, it's one of those kind of pendulum-type rides, right? And he said, yeah, yeah, but it's really scary. And I said, well, it didn't look, doesn't look too bad. It's like looks like from far away it kind of goes real slow, and it's going up and down, and a lot of people are on the ride. So I, I said, I'm not nervous at all. So we go through the line and get into the, the ride, and they had this, this big harness, and then they double it up with a seat belt in front of you and, and the ride starts moving and uh, the first couple of swings, I, I really enjoyed the ride. It was like easy and it was like a big swing and I thought this was fine. Well, it was fine when you're close to the ground. But when you go up nearly 17 stories high in the air and then you descend 80 miles an hour down and then you're back up and it feels like the gravitational pull feels like it's like ripping you out of the, the seat and my hands were like clutching like that. I knew I had the harness. I knew I had the seatbelt, but the only thing that was keeping me in my seat were my hands. And I was like white knuckling it. I, I was like, I, was, I, I looked at my son. I don't know. I, I went from calm to looking at my son saying, son, tell them to shut this ride off. <laughs> like he had the power. It's like I reverted back to like a little kid. And then it just became, I uh, just be, uh, fear came, I, I, I became afraid. All right. That's the only way I can say it, honestly. Uh, and, and so I closed my eyes. I began to pray in my prayer language. And then something happened. I don't remember where this came from, but I shouted out, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> And I know it was like ridiculous, and, 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 but thank God he heard my prayer because I, he, put, he, he delivered me from the clutches of the joker and he put my feet back on solid ground. And, but you know, you've done the same thing, right? When things are going good and everything's all right, it's easy to be in control. But when things start to unravel a bit, that's when we say, God, we need you to be in control here. God, like I trust you. But here's the reality. God is first during good times, during bad times, during all times. He is first. The question is whether or not you're going to trust him. Jesus said this, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what would happen? All these things will be added unto you. So he doesn't say that there, weren't gonna, there aren't going to be any problems or any difficulties. He said, you put him first. He is first. And, and you watch how everything else will work out. Turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus 13 is the second book of the Bible. I want to share a message with you called God Must Be First. It may be the, the most important message of the, of the series, Blessed to be a Blessing. And the reality is if we don't learn finances from the Bible, then where are we going to learn to handle finances in a godly way? So Exodus 13, starting in verse 1, it says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate to me all the firstborn. 
Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and beast, it is whose? It is mine. I wish you could understand how emphatic the original Hebrew language is when it says it belongs to the Lord, when it's his. Then in verse 12, it says, Then you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is, every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The males shall be the Lord's. Notice, shall be or belongs to. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. Now, why would you want to do that? Well, a donkey was considered unclean. A sheep or lamb was a clean animal then. So every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem it with a lamb. And if you will not redeem it, then you will break its neck. You shall break its neck. In other words, if you don't do this, you're going to lose it anyway. It's a principle that, that if you don't bring it to the Lord, if you don't give this to the Lord, you're going to lose it anyway. All right. So verse 13 says, and all the firstborn of man among your sons, you shall redeem. So we're going to talk about the principle of the first principle of the first. God must be first. So if you're writing down any notes, number one is the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. This principle goes through the whole Bible. I know we're in the Old Testament right now, but it says in 1 Corinthians 10 that everything that happened in the Old Testament is for an example for us. So what is the example? What is the instruction? What can we learn from this? And that is that the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. Because if you had an animal that was considered a clean animal, like a sheep, and it has a lamb, then that first lamb must be brought to the Lord. It must be sacrificed. But if you had an animal that was unclean, like a donkey, and it had a first offspring, then that offspring, because it was unclean, must be redeemed by the sacrifice of an animal that is clean. By a clean animal. And so what is the example for us? Now, now I don't know if, about you, but if you first read this passage and, and see this, this sacrificial system in the Old Testament, it's kind of like, God, why would God want the firstborn of an offspring to be sacrificed? Why, is this some kind of dark side that God has? Well, no, it's a, it's a principle that, of stewardship that he's, he, he's trying to teach his til- children. That's, and, and again, everything that happens points forward. And in this case, it even points to Jesus. Because remember, whatever is unclean must be redeemed by the sacrifice of the clean. Listen to this. Whatever is unclean must be redeemed by the sacrifice of the clean. And so, if, are you born, spiritually born, clean or unclean? Unclean, right? Like it, the, the Bible says in Psalm 51, we were born in sin. And, and to prove this, let me ask the experts in the room, okay? Moms and dads, did you have to teach your children to be bad? Came pretty easy for him, huh? You had to teach him to be good, right? There was this inclination. Uh, there, there, there was a sinful nature there that, that all of us have been like sheep who have gone astray. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God because of the fall of man. Now, let's take Jesus. Was he born clean or unclean? clean, right? He is without sin. He never sinned. He's fully divine, fully, fully God, right? So remember, the unclean has to be redeemed by the sacrifice 
of the clean. That's what we read in Exodus. If you have an unclean animal, the offspring then has to be redeemed by the sacrifice of the clean. And we're going to talk, we're talking first about what the first belongs to the Lord. We're going to relate it to, to giving in our series, Blessed to be a Blessing. But we've got to, we've got to understand this. That, that Think about Jesus, that he was sacrificed so that we could be redeemed. Like this is so important that we understand that, that, that God would never ask us to do something that he's never done. Right? And so we who are unclean, the Lord gave his very best, gave his firstborn son, Jesus Christ, to be sacrificed so that we can be redeemed. Praise God for that, right? Praise the Lord that, that we can be redeemed and reconciled because of Jesus. And he didn't wait for us to get it all figured out. He didn't wait for us to straighten out our lives. It says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And this is a principle, again, throughout the, all of Scripture. If you had sheep, again, the first, uh, the lamb would be brought to the Lord. And, and, and he says, if you bring the first to the Lord, then I'm going to bless the rest. He didn't say, if you have ten sheep, and then on the tenth sheep, bring back to me. That didn't require any kind of faith. That didn't really show that the Lord is first. But he says, bring the first, and then the rest will be blessed. And, and many of you know this to be true, right? Like, you're here at church. Some people don't understand why you go to church. Well, when you come to church on, on the first day of the week, and you're honoring the Lord, and you come to worship Him, and, and surrender your lives to the Lord, and honor His name, and praise Him. And some of you serve, and, and you give, and you're, it, it, what happens is that God, you've seen this, that God blesses the rest of, the, of your week, doesn't He? And, and then even in the morning, and during the day, if we, if we surrender the first part of our day, if we are spending time with Him in devotions, and abiding with Him, and we're opening up the Word of God, and we're seeking Him, and we're meditating and worshiping Him, and coming with a heart of thanksgiving, saying, Father, the, the rest of my day, it belongs to You. May I think about You, and think about Your character, and then direct my steps. Who do you want me to, to give to? Who do you want me to share my faith with? That, that God has a way of blessing the rest of the day, doesn't He? We give the first to God, then he blesses the rest. And it's the same thing financially. When we bring the tithe to the Lord, he blesses the rest. He blesses the rest. So here's point number two. The first fruits must be offered. The first fruits must be offered. Emphasis on must. It was a requirement to the Lord. And I know we're in Exodus 13, and we're going to come back there, but let me read a couple of other verses, all right? Exodus chapter 23, verse 19. The first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Now you can only do two things with the tithe. You can bring it to the Lord or you can steal it. And notice he doesn't say give to the Lord because you can only give what's yours, right? So he's saying bring it back, return it. It belongs to me. And, and then he notice it, he says that, the first of your first fruits you shall bring to the Lord. And then in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the, what kind of fruits? The first fruits of all your increase. And then here's the blessing. So your barns, God's promising, your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Again, this is not the law. This is hundreds of years after the law. Now, Let's take 
this back to the, the firstborn for a moment. I know we're talking about first fruits, but let's look back again at the, the firstborn because God's saying, bring the firstborn to me. If it's clean, it must be sacrifices. If it's unclean, there must be a, a redemption of sacrifice for the clean. And so bring the first to me and the rest will be blessed. Don't bring the ninth or the tenth, but bring the very first. And this is how we relate it to tithing. And scripture is very clear with tithing being separate, being holy to the Lord. But we bring the very first to the Lord. And it's a principle that goes throughout scripture. Because tithing, we understand it being it's 10%, right? It, why 10%? Well, God knows it levels the playing field for everybody. Whether you earn a little or you earn a lot, it's the same percentage. But what people don't always understand when it comes to tithing, the order matters as well. He's saying bring the first fruits, the first 10% to me and the rest will be blessed. Again, a principle throughout scripture. When God was giving the promised land to the children of Israel, he, he promised that he would, he would help deliver the, the cities into their hands. And they came to the very first city of Jericho. Remember the walls would come down. But God did something very interesting in this first city. He said bring all the gold in the city from Jericho and bring it to me. He didn't say as you go into the land and as you conquer cities, when you get to the 10th city, then bring the gold and silver to me. He says, bring the very first to me. Because when we bring the first to the Lord, we're, we're showing him that we trust you. It's, it's a moment of faith, isn't it? And we're saying, God, you are first. I'm bringing the very first fruits, the very first. It belongs to you. Again, a principle throughout scripture. The first belongs to the Lord because God is first. We don't make him first. He's first all by himself, isn't he? He's preeminent. He's all-powerful. He's sovereign. He's in control. He's all-knowing. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when he asks, bring the very first to me, he won't change his mind in that. He wants to bless the obedience. He wants to, if we're going to walk under the blessing of God, we've got to understand and be obedient to what God says. It's part of his nature that we understand that. It's not that he can't accept any offerings that, or, or give whenever he says, but the first belongs to the Lord. The first belongs to the Lord. Here's point number three. The tithe must be first. The tithe must be first. It says in Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is whose? It is the Lord's, and it is holy to the Lord. It's sacred to the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. The tithe belongs to the Lord. And when we understand the firstborn and the first fruits, and now the tithe, it's using the exact same language because the same principle is there. It belongs to the Lord. And where I struggle when people say, you know what, tithing is, is under the law, so I don't tithe anymore. And I struggle with that because it really, tithing happened hundreds of years before the law was given. Four or five hundred years before we see evidence in Scripture that Abraham and Jacob would tithe to the Lord. And if you go before that, we see evidence where God was, was commanded. Even we see the story of Cain and Abel. That Abel brought the very firstborn, brought it to the Lord. And, and Cain brought the leftovers and it displeased God. And God rejected that. And, and, and even before that, even in the garden, right? God said, I'm giving you all these things except for this one tree. Don't touch the tree. This, this tree is mine. Why would God do that? Well, he was instilling in his children. He was teaching stewardship. 
that not everything is yours. That there's some that belong, everything really belongs to the Lord, right? We know that the earth belongs to the Lord. That's what scripture says, and those that dwell therein. But he says there's, there's some part of it that will always be mine. Bring that back to me. And that's what we see throughout scripture. And he's instilling this in us that, so that we could steward well what he entrusts with us. And then years after the law, we have evidence of what Jesus says about tithing. And in Matthew 23, verse 23, he, he himself says you ought to tithe. He said to them, you tithe in all these little spices, but you neglect the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. But then, and Jesus makes this statement, he says, this you ought to do. What were they already doing? They were tithing. So he's saying you ought to do this. Now, if this was the only verse that we had regarding tithing, then I want to be obedient to that. Because if Jesus, the one who saved me, the one who has forgiven me, the one who has redeemed me, the one whose presence is with me, if he says I ought to do something, how many of you want to, want to go ahead and do it? And as a result, we see from Scripture that God will bless that obedience. He will bless that obedience. But some say, well, I'm under law now, and I'm, I, I'm not under the law, I'm under grace and so I don't have to do that anymore. But when Jesus came to this earth, we read in John chapter 1 that he was full of grace. He taught. He said that, that, your, that, the, that your works of grace should exceed the works of, of the law. That it should exceed it. So it's kind of like he, he makes a comparison of uh, like you, you've heard the law of Moses say don't commit a don't commit murder, but I say to you, if you have hatred in your brother in your heart, you've already committed adultery. It's, it goes further, right? It doesn't mean that whatever was under the law is, is not, no longer relevant, right? Because honor your father and mother is under the law, right? Does that mean now we're under grace, we don't have to do that anymore? We should go the extra mile with that. Jesus said, if the law of Moses says, don't commit adultery. But I say to you, if you look at a woman with lust in your eyes, you've already committed adultery in your in your heart, right? And so when someone says, I, I don't tithe because I live under grace, then I would say, well, praise God, because you obviously give a whole lot more. <laughs> like you go beyond the 10%. The 10% of the tithe is just obedience. It belongs to the Lord. Are you, you could beg, the, the question could be begged, whether or not you're even being generous if all you do is tithe. See, it belongs to the Lord. Tithing is much like training wheels to a bike. Like tithing is, is training wheels to generosity. It's to get you started. It's to kind of make it stable. It's to, it's to help you get going, right? Some are afraid to ride the bike without the training wheels, but when you do the training wheels, it's, it's to help give enough stability, but you don't always want to ride the bike with, with training wheels, right? Eventually the training wheels come off and then you can, then the fun really starts. You can go all kinds of places and be free. And, and that's the way it is with, with generosity. It's the same way that generosity really goes even beyond that. Uh, Stephanie and I, when we were young, we tithe. And even in, in ministry early on at a very humble salary, we, we tithe, but we've always made it a goal of, can we give a, another percent? Can we increase this year by 2%? And our goal is that one day that we would give half of our income away and, and be generous with that because we want to take on that character of the Lord. But tithing is just to help us get started. If we can understand that, just it's, 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 in, it's a principle, putting God first. For example, let's say uh, that you, you needed some extra money and we said, hey, we have a need. Uh, we're, we're building the 
a pavilion and we've got some work that needs to be done. So you come up and say, I, can, I have a half a day and most of the, the work at our pavilion has been done by volunteers. But let's say that you had a certain set of skills that we couldn't find or locate anywhere else. All right, You had some good landscaping skills. And so we said, we're going to pay you for five hours worth of work and we're going to give you $100. This is after all of your, your income. We'll, we'll, we'll pay you $100. We'll give you 10 $10 bills, okay? And so let's say you want to be obedient. You want to trust the Lord. God is first. So uh, according to God's word, how much is the tithe? It's $10, right? It's 10%. Everybody's got that right. Okay, so we know that all of it belongs to the Lord. But how much specifically, uh, we know that specifically the, the tithe is 10 $10, 10%. So which, here's the second question, which one is the tithe? Which of these 10 is the tithe? Now you're listening, you're saying the first, but how do you know which one is the first? The first is the first one to leave your hand. The first is the first one you spend. And so what what we're tempted sometimes to do is that we're entrusted with income that we, we go, oh, we get a little nervous and we're like, all right, we got we to gotta give this much money to the, the, the mortgage company. We got to give this money for our vehicle. We got to give groceries here and this and we, get, we give all the money. And then we're like, if we have left over $10, okay, God, here you go. Or $5 or there's none left over. And, and is that tithing? You see, what's important is not just the amount, but it's the order. Because when we come before the Lord, it really is a test, isn't it? That when God gives us the money that we, as stewards, we say the first 10, it goes to you, Lord. Because if we give the first 10 to the, the water company, can the water company bless the rest? Only God can bless the rest. So it's important for us to trust the Lord with the tithe. And, and it's because it, we, we really have to ask ourselves is, do we want to live and, and really think it's all ours? Do you want to live on all of it being cursed or 90% that's blessed? And watch what God does with good, faithful stewardship. And so again, the, the order is very, very important. And the final point as we look at how the tithe must be first, it's important for us to, to look at Scripture and, and see how God blesses obedience. He blesses the, the faithful step saying, God, I may not know how the order is going to work out, but if I put you first because you're first, you're going to work things out. And it's easy to become fearful. It's easy to question. It's, when it comes to finances, this is an area that can be very touchy and very sensitive. But really, it's a stewardship issue. Is the Lord first? Is the Lord first in your life? And, and so what we've been doing during this series is we've been putting God to the, fir- to the test. It's the only place in Scripture where it says, God says, test me in this, in Malachi 3. And see if I don't open up the windows of heaven and bless you. And so what is the test? He's saying, Bring the tithe. And so we've been challenging you if, you, if you've never put the Lord to the test, if you've ever tithed in this area, to make a commitment. And so far we've had 169 families before today that are putting God to the test, that have filled out this card. And so if you're here today and you're, maybe you haven't been here the last couple of weeks or maybe the Lord is through the Holy Spirit, he's drawing you to take this step. 
then we want to encourage you to take this card out in your worship guide or the seat back in front of you and to fill this card out. Make this commitment and trust God for 90 days with his tithe and see if he's not a God who's true to his word. If he's not, all right, after 90 days, and you say you're worse off after 90 days than when you started, then you just email us and we will return all the tithe money, all of it to you, all right? No questions asked. So really, this is a no-lose situation. Put the Lord to the test and trust him. And the tithe belongs to the Lord and we'll see what God does. I want to go back to Exodus chapter 13, verse 14. It says, so it shall be. When your son asks you in time to come, saying, what is this that you shall say to him? By strength of hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. And it came to pass when Pharaoh was stubborn about letting us go, that the Lord killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of man and the firstborn of beast. Therefore, I sacrifice to the Lord all males that open the womb, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. So here's what's happening. you got this son that's coming up to the dad and saying, Dad, I, I don't totally understand. Maybe it's like a scenario. You imagine yourself as this young child, and you're watching your dad who's in the ranching business. And he's getting these sheep, and every time a sheep has offspring, that the dad is taking the very first lamb and sacrificing it to the Lord. And Maybe you don't say anything because you don't want to cross dad. Maybe it doesn't make sense, but you trust him. You're young. But at some point, you get a little bit older, and, and you're just curious, and you're saying, Dad, we're in that ranching business, and we're developing a habit here that just really doesn't make sense. Help me understand, because why are we sacrificing? Why are we killing the very first one? And then your dad takes you to the side and says, Son, I want to share something I haven't all, I've been waiting to, for you to understand. You see, we haven't always been ranchers. In fact, there was a time where we didn't live in a, in a country or a home that was not ours. We were slaves. We didn't have anything. But God delivered us from the hands of the Egyptians. And he gave us the promised land. And he gave us everything that we had. We didn't have anything, but God blessed us with all of these things. And every time we bring the firstborn, we're saying, God, I remember what you brought us out of. God, that you are the provider and we trust you and we have faith. Even when it may not make sense, we trust you and we honor you because you are good and your word is true. Would you bow your heads before the Lord? In this moment of reflection and response to God's word, I'd ask that you would seek the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, would you guide me? Would you lead me in what I need to do next? Just ask that question. Holy Spirit, lead me into truth. Some of you here, the Lord's putting on your heart to, to, take, to make this commitment, this 90-day tithing challenge before the Lord. Some of you are here today and you've already been faithful with tithing and you've seen God's blessing and it's been a part of a practice your whole life. But the Lord is desiring that you go deeper in generosity. He's going to be revealing maybe someone that you can bless, someone to help around the holidays or, or a missionary to support. Be obedient in that. Maybe here and maybe tithing was something that you used to do, but now you've you got away from that and you're starting to see some things unravel a bit. 
And you've been confused on why, but now the Holy Spirit's bringing clarity that this is the reason and you need to trust Him and be obedient. Maybe there needs to be a moment of confession and repentance and going back to those, those first works of the Lord. Not to be legalistic, but because it's a principle. Be obedient in that. So thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Thank you for not being silent about how we are to handle our finances and bring to you what belongs because you are first, you are God. And I pray, oh Lord, that you would calm any fear. The Lord, that we can trust you, that you are a God of your word, that you are faithful, that you are true. And I look forward to how you are going to bless. And I look forward to the stories and the testimonies of how you're going to bless your children because of their obedience, even when it doesn't make sense. But Father, it's a moment of faith. It's a moment of truth. May we put into practice that what we're responsible for as we know. Help us through your grace and your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So many of you are making this commitment to the Lord. And, you know, to, to fill out the card is a good moment, right? It's that commitment, but it really isn't that moment of faith. What is the moment of faith? It's when it actually comes to giving, isn't it? And so what we all have in common is this is the first week of the month. Most of us were paying on Friday, November 1st. And so what would it look like today is as a church family, we said we're going to be obedient. We're going to trust the Lord that he's first. So we're going to respond to God's word by doing just that. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. Something that Stephanie and I have always done is that we've made it a step that we get, we get paid on the first and the third digitally. It comes into our account. But on the first Sunday of every month, we bring the full tithe to the Lord for the rest of that month. Some of you do that on the first and the third. And so, again, many of you have made a commitment to the Lord. And you're part of those 169 families that are doing it. Well, this is... This is your moment of truth. This is the, the moment of faith. Are you going to hold on to it? Are you going to trust the Lord? And I want to encourage you to take this step of faith and trust the Lord. I, I liken it kind of like a, there's a parallel a little bit here of the parable of the sower. When God said, when Jesus tells the story of the seed that was received with great joy, but yet there were rocks that caused the seed not to grow strong or there were a bird that was the enemy that took the seed and or, or there were thorns and, and and weeds that choked the word of God and my heart was this that we've had a lot of people get saved even make a commitment in this service but God wants us yes to make that confession with our mouth but he wants us to follow through he desires to take the next steps for water baptism to grow and in, in discipleship to to serve him to follow him and all that he says and does and so I, my hope for you is that you wouldn't just make a commitment but that you would follow through and that you would put god to the test that this would be a great moment of faith that we come to him and you can do that with the offering envelope in the seat back in front of you or you can give online. Many of our, most of our church family, 76% give online either through our app or through our website. And so let's make this the day, that this would be the day that we bring the Lord what belongs to him.